The Utah Jazz sing a beautiful tune to start the second half of the season or the post-All-Star break by quieting Luka Doncic's magic and beating the Mavericks for the second time this season in a big-time Western Conference battle. We're talking about it coming up on Postcast. David Locke along with Ron Boone with you as the Utah Jazz beat the Dallas Mavericks tonight 114-109 to and so many places to start and discuss tonight, Ron for the Utah Jazz in this one. Where are you starting? Well, I'm going to start with the Dallas Mavericks and really compliment them and give them some some praise on on that basketball team. I, I think it looks a lot better um, than it did early in the year. Uh, they're doing a lot of things better than they were doing early in the year. And, of course, Doncic makes – Luka makes things go, you know, for that basketball team. But uh, I think now they got some three-point shooters. They have shooters to put around him that's going to – give a lot of teams some problems. Yeah, they had a huge night for the guys they acquired in the trade deadline. They were monstrous. The headline the other night when the Utah Jazz went to the All-Star break was that LeBron James hit shots over Rudy Gobert. Gobert got criticized by some of the local media here for not owning his mistakes. was really skewered quite a bit, actually, by some of the local media. Tonight, he matches up on Luka Doncic, the Jazz willingly switching him on Doncic in the fourth quarter takes away the three that Doncic hit him with early in the game, and then he could not get his shots off at the rim. And the really, uh, the defensively, at least, story of the night, Gobert shutting down Doncic late. You'd like to think that anytime Lucas is at the rim, that uh, Rudy's going to defend that, change his shot, maybe even block it. But I think what you had to be very impressive with was his footwork, staying with Luca. Luca trying to shake him, dribbling around, going underneath the basket, trying to change direction, using his footwork, and Rudy was still right there with him. So that had to be just as impressive as Challenger's shot there at the rim on for, for Rudy. From an offensive standpoint tonight, and there's more to talk about defensively, we'll get back to it because the game plan on Doncic was just terrific. But from an offense standpoint, this was a game in which the Utah Jazz played the number two defensive team in the league since January 1st. They had an offensive rating of 124 tonight. Dallas's defense, to me, showed the mobile bigs, great rotation, perfect, great connectivity, and the Jazz answered it. And I think that's wildly impressive because I thought Dallas played, maybe they would disagree, but from, from us watching, they did a lot of things to the Jazz tonight, and the Jazz stayed inside themselves and kept moving, kept pinging the basketball, kept making the plays they needed to make and led to a 125 offensive rating tonight for the Jazz, which against a team that was the number two defensive team since January 1st is pretty outstanding. Yeah. Uh, I really like, you know, what I saw with, with the Jazz, as you just mentioned, the fight that they had. Um, uh, I know we talked about it before the ball game, and even Ryan Smith yesterday was saying, how well the Jazz are, how hard the Jazz are playing right now, and how impressive they are w- w- with that. But uh, the Jazz right now, David, uh, I think can do nothing but but get better. I think they're getting connected now. Uh, they're healthy. Uh, the length there of the Dallas Mavericks, I thought, gave the Jazz a good look and of what. It's yet to come with a lot of teams in this league. That's what they're going to have to go up against offensively is the length of all of those players. You mentioned before the ball game, you went down the line of the height of this, this basketball team, how long they are and, and how big they can play. And I thought the Jazz did a very good job of, of exploiting some of that. Let's talk about some of the offensive firepower. Donovan has 33 tonight. 
seven threes. He's getting off, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 threes a game. He had some real daggers, some unguardable daggers tonight, just deep plays breaking down. This, this was just kind of, I'm great offensive yeah. basketball. <laughs> they, they were, I love his shot. Absolutely love it. it. It's online. It's on target. His release is great. And the element, I mean, the, the arch on the shot is strictly good, and which makes it a much softer shot. And it's sometimes it looked like, and you can tell, David, at least for me anyway, when it looks like it's not going to get there and it's like nothing but net because that's just how soft it is. And uh, he's really turning into a great offensive player. All right, let's go to the Luka Doncic game plan. Let's go back to your shoot-around report. Uh, at the beginning of the game, you give a shoot-around report about five minutes before tip-off every night. It's kind of we have the trust of the coaches. We can reveal it at that point. No one's going to hear it. Take us back to what they were trying to do to Luka and then what you saw them do tonight. Well, let's start with shadowing Luka. Um, early in the ball game, they were trying to do that, and Luka made the Jazz pay a few times. And shadowing but, meaning bringing the big over, kind right. of looming shadow yeah, just away from the rim. Making sure that he can that he can see a big man down there when, he, when he's getting, getting close to the basket. Uh, and he made the Jazz pay because of some of his, his, his nice passing, being able to pu- uh, pass over the top of the defense, and then catching Powell coming to the basket, you know, um, and that was the reason he had so many dunks. But the game plan is to make sure to try to keep him going to his right, did not want to let him go to his left. He's so good at, at shooting a three-point shot going to, going to his left. So they were able, trying to make sure they did that, uh, which was very, very important. Uh, making him see bodies, um, and uh, it just—it was—it was a game plan that that really worked. And I forgot what the other one was now, but um, so force him right, make him play fast, right. get him in the yeah, crowd, speed him up, keep, speed, him, speed up. him up, yeah. Don't let him shoot threes, which he eventually gets about eight or nine off, but not excessive. Don't let him go to the free throw line. He only got four free throws tonight. They really execute it well and then the interesting twist on it is late ron's talking about the powell plays and the problems that that happened so the answer to that late was the jazz switched gobert on to donchich and then rudy shut down donchich in those one-on-one plays um a lot craig bolajack hello everyone nice to see you that's all right you're always welcome (laughs) well well, and clothes on but other than that it's a lot like a shower that was a really weird reference from Craig Bullerjack right there for all of you on the show that got that. Like, you can just know that you were a part of that moment that we'll all wonder about just a little bit. Sure. So throughout this ball game, and I was looking there a few minutes ago, that David, and um, how important is keeping guy teams off the free throw line? In uh, particularly a guy like Doncic, who's so good at, at – drawing baiting you know that kind of guys in in the files and only eight free throws because of a jump shot shooting team more so than donovan drives to the basket and rudy gets fouled because he's you know the pick and roll and that that type of thing uh but the jazz get to the free throw line 22 times and 82 percent from the free throw line is absolutely good well the jazz are the best team in the league at getting the line and the second best team in the league at keep no the second best team in the league at getting the line and the best team in the league at keeping you off the line based on field goal attempts so really that is an area of this team where they're much stronger than i think people realize ron on my post on my podcast today i'm locked on jazz i made 
the comment there were four things we're playing for in the final 24 games. Mm-hmm. One was to find a new rotation. I don't think we found it. The bridge lineup was not very good tonight. I don't think statistically I'll have to go look and see it, but that's my instinct just feeling. Number two was dealing with switching defenses and dealing with keeping Rudy in the middle of the paint when teams are spread out five. We've, that's the same thing we've been dealing with all year. Number three was health. And the or number three was some mental fortitude wins. The exact opposite of what we saw in L.A. A team takes a 10-0 run against us, and instead of kind of wilting and letting them get away with it, we come back and re-own the game. Does this count tonight as that? It, it, it definitely does, and I'll tell you why, David, because you remember in, in L.A. when we were the, the Jazz were starting to lose the momentum, and and, and, I, and you and I talked about momentum uh, during the course of the basketball game, well, in that fourth quarter and, and even after. They started to lose the momentum of the basketball game. And so when they did that, they start playing isolation basketball one-on-one. We didn't see a lot of that tonight, which I think is very, very important going forward with this team. Also, uh, yesterday in practice, they worked on um, transition offense, pushing the ball up the floor. um, and, And I would love to see a little bit more of that. I thought in that fourth quarter, there was two possessions that the Jazz pushed the ball, I mean, really raced the ball up the floor. And one time it was it was Mike Conley that did it. And I think Royce O'Neal may have ended up with a layup or something like that. Someone ended up with a layup because of because of that. And I think going forward, that's going to be very important for the Jazz to do that. I think they have the players now that can run, that were willing to run. And uh, just, I think that's just going to be very important. Jazz beat Dallas tonight. Fun one here. Really great regular season game. Gives them a two-and-a-half game lead over the Mavericks, having now at least tied the season series with two wins. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich's late three, by the way, was his uh, 11th of the season in the clutch. That's the third most of any player in the NBA. Fred Van Vliet and uh, Kyle Kuzma are the only two players to have made more clutch threes in the NBA. And keep track of that right corner. He had taken 103-point shots from that right corner. That's how many, how many he made? Going into tonight? Because I can do the math on this if he'd taken 100. I'm that smart. 36. So he's only shooting 36% from no, the right No, he made corner. 36. I know, but if he's taking 100, then he's only 36 of 100. That's not good. You no, not for bogey. I would have thought he's like 45. <laughs> well, I'm I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is the number that he gets from that right. three-point shot, that's one of his favorite spots. Now, if you want to really look at it, Dave, he's taking 114 from the elbow, oh. from up the breath, and he's made 42. So what do you think there? Um, that's not as good as I would have thought either, actually. 42 I would have thought he was 40. No, because it was 114, so it's only about 37%. I would have thought he was over 40% on both those. Well, he's not. Well, then that's bogey. Get on it, darn it. Jazz win over Dallas. Have a great night. See you guys.